Hello and welcome to this Net Zero Investor podcast. I'm Monica Woodley. The movement in the net zero investment space and the industry more broadly has been towards more and more data. From traditional economic and financial market indicators to company release data to alternative data, the sentiment has been more is more. But the head of a major quant-driven hedge fund recently complained that the mounting deluge of mostly irrelevant information is overwhelming many investors making financial markets more chaotic and less efficient in pricing important data. To help us figure out how to handle this deluge, I'm joined by Noir Alsadi, founder and CEO of Kanata Advisors, an ESG advisory firm. Welcome, Noir. Nice to speak with you again. Yeah, hello, Monica, and happy 2024. I look forward to many more discussions, obviously starting with a very interesting topic on data and, and, and the deluge of data, as, as you mentioned, and how investors could potentially make better use of sustainability data. Yeah, there, there does seem to really be already a deluge of, of information. And I think as the regulatory climate and sustainability disclosures increase, that deluge could likely turn into um, a tsunami. <laughs> how much of this data do you think is actually material for investors and what is just noise? To give you a sense of of how much data there is. There was a report that came out late last year by Tenno, which is a consulting firm based in the US. They looked at the sustainability reports of 250 companies over a number of years, and they concluded that between 2021 and 2023, the average length of a corporate sustainability report has increased by 17% from 70 pages to 82 pages. At the same time, the percentage of companies providing a summary version of their report declined from 26% to 20%. And and less than half of companies today provide a table, um, or just over 50%, while it was 75% of them before, kind of structured the data in a table format. So all of that obviously makes it harder for investors to decipher the data that is being released to them. And having read through many of these reports, just talking about 82 pages, just if you take, for example, an average portfolio size of 50 companies, that's 4,000 pages of sustainability reports just from these 50 companies. I have read through many of these, and I would say only a small fraction of the content that is present in these sustainability reports is actually financially material. Wow. It doesn't really sound like the investment industry is set up to take advantage and, and contextualize all of this data. Well, the investment industry generally is good at processing a lot of data. I mean, at the end of the day, the investment world lives and dies by data. I don't think the industry lacks infrastructure to absorb massive amounts of data. But when it comes to specifically to ESG data, I do believe that we are still in the early innings of trying to understand how to use this data, what to focus on, not to mention that the quality of this data remains questionable in many cases. But I would say that the largest use of sustainability data today is, is really about classification. I mean, we look at companies and we say, this is a high emitter, this is a low emitter, this one has a net zero target, this one doesn't have a target, this is the diversity metrics of that company, and, and these are the metrics of that other company. What I'm not seeing yet, or we're really in the early stages of that process is, to what extent this data is actually impacting DCF models, discount cash flow models, to what extent this data is actually impacting valuations and risk management models. I would say very little of that data is making it into the heart of the investment process at that level. What would you say are some of the other problems with the, the current use of, of net zero data when it comes to constructing portfolios and making investment decisions? 
So I just kind of hinted that a lot of this data remains incomplete, and that's specifically true when it comes to net zero transition planning. A lot of net zero transition plans lack clarity around the relationship between short-term, medium, and long-term emission targets. They uh, lack clarity about what these targets include, whether it's scope one, two, and three, and if they include three, what categories of scope three. There's often not enough information about the capital requirement and the type of technology and market and legislative assumptions that are used or underpinning these targets. And then even if we go to something more basic, which is the reported emissions themselves, most companies don't provide an explanation as to what is driving the change in emissions over time. Are these internal factors? Are there external factors? They may have a table that has five years of data and, and, and emissions are fluctuating materially between the years and you don't know what's driving it. Is that just a mathematical effect because the normalization metrics they're using, whether they are financial or otherwise, are fluctuating. So I, I think the challenge that all this brings is that investors can't use data that is incomplete, undefined, and incomparable across companies and across time. And that's why I would say a lot of this information is not investment useful at this point. Now, there is obviously value in understanding some of this and classifying companies, but I would say we're still far away from the same level of consistency that we have with financial data. Okay, well, what do you think needs to happen to be able to include this data into the investment and, and portfolio construction process. It sounds like there might be some work for several different parties. Uh, I've been contemplating this question for some time because I, I, I'll be presenting in New York next month on the question of how investors use sustainability data in the investment process. And thinking about it, I finally came to this analogy that if you ask how investors use sustainability data in the investment process, it's similar to asking how a cook uses food ingredients to make food. There's an infinite number of ways that uh, cooks use food to um, make plates and dishes and recipes. And that's a same when it comes to investors. How investors use data and the investment process in portfolio construction differs a great deal. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to use just a specific example so we can walk our uh, audience through it. There was a study that came out in 2022 called the Financial Cost of Carbon. It's a study by Columbia University and Lazard. They looked at the trading data of 17,000 equities, specifically, I would, I would say, weighted to European and North American markets and from the period of 2016 to 2020. And they looked at the relationship relationship between a reduction in emissions and expansion in the trading multiples, specifically the PE of companies. And they found that there was an inverse relationship when companies' emissions decreased by 10%. On average, the PE expanded by about half a percent. But that relationship was far more pronounced for um, large-cap European industrials and energy companies, where the PE would expand by 18% to 9% when emissions declined by 10%. So this is a specific piece of sustainability data that is very investment relevant. And the way investors would tackle it, if we were to divide investors in two categories, fundamental investors and quant investors, starting with the fundamental investors, a fundamental investor would use this data as part of their research to understand the company that they're looking at. But specifically coming to this data point, you obviously want to understand which company is going to decarbonize ahead of time so you can capitalize on that in your equity selection. So you will have to establish a process 
have to read these sustainability reports I just mentioned. You may have to speak to management teams. You will uh, maybe have to assist the technical and commercial viability of, uh, of these proposed decarbonization plans. And specifically, if we're looking at European industrials, once you went through a process of establishing the viability of decarbonization, you may distill your target universe to fundamentally attractive companies, uh, but are climate lagging and do have ambitious plans to decarbonize. In that context, once you have that process done, all else being equal, you may overweight European industrial companies with credible, ambitious decarbonization plans. But you could also potentially use that information to engage with companies with your portfolio that have the potential to reduce emissions by about 10% or more. And that could hopefully lead to an uplift in the value of your portfolio. If you are a quant investor and staying with that same information, you obviously can't talk to management teams and go through all the sustainability reports. You need something more scalable, more numerical, more comparable. And for that, you would potentially create what I would call a carbon factor. Within that carbon factor, you would create a series of descriptors to try to actually capture in a consistent, methodical way the quality of decarbonization of potential companies that you're looking at. And for that, you may look at whether the company is a signatory to the SBTI, the Science-Based Target Initiative, whether they have a chief sustainability officer in place, which according to research does lead to a more aggressive decarbonization, whether they have incentives for their executives to lower emissions. These data points become descriptors. These descriptors goes into a factor and then you test that factor to see whether it has statistical significance, meaning it can capture or explain the differences and returns over time. And once this is done, then you go and you potentially include this factor into a multi-factor model and see whether it would enhance the predictability of that model. Or potentially you can create some kind of product or fund that is specifically focused on European corporate industrial decarbonization and have that novel factor basically and its descriptors uh, identify the companies that you want to put in investment process. I'm a bit more technical than I've been before in, in previous calls because I don't want to simplify the process if using sustainability data would generate confirmation. Yes, you put it in some kind of process and you end up with something useful. It is a complicated process. You need to understand the investment process well and you need to uh, ultimately distill the sustainability data point into precursors that will ultimately tell you something about how the financials may evolve over time so you can position for the bull and catch it before it gets there. Now, obviously, the goal of net zero investors are to drive real world emission reductions. And you mentioned you know, with fundamental investors that there's engagement that can help to push companies to reduce their emissions. But are there any other ways that you think that we can utilize the data or perhaps there are new data points that we need to consider that will actually help to drive real world I would say the area where we really need more data and better data um, would be climate solutions, data around climate solutions, whether these uh, climate solutions are uh, technically feasible, economically viable, to what extent they lead to decarbonization. I actually, as a matter of fact, last year I, I published what I call a climate almanac looking at 160 climate solutions index from the most impactful to the least impactful. It's available for free on my LinkedIn. To put that together, I looked 
looked at 500 scientific papers. And the reason I put it together was really because in a lot of my conversations with investors, they did not necessarily understand which climate solutions they need to focus on. I mean, it is relatively easy to look at the carbon intensity of a company, to look at its carbon trajectory. But a lot of decarbonization happens because some companies or X amount of companies are selling solutions to other companies to decarbonize. These could be industrial solutions, could be consumer solutions, could be nature-based, could be technological. And I believe more data and more structured data around climate solutions will have a disproportionate impact on driving private capital toward better sustainability outcomes and a more impactful climate outcomes. Now for the asset owners who are choosing asset managers to work with, how do you think that they can more accurately assess the capabilities of these managers to meaningfully include and use this kind of data? I used to work with an asset owner, uh, Canada Post Pension Plan, and like all asset owners, they submit these long ESG questionnaires for asset managers to answer. I mean, frankly, I would say 50% of the questions in these questionnaires are not useful. A lot of these questionnaires are not read. I think we need to move away from long questionnaires, which somehow seems to think that competence is proportional to the number of pages of answers you get from the asset manager. So we do need to stream these questionnaires. I think for asset owners to understand the quality of sustainability integration into the investment process, they need to get close to the decision makers when it comes to investments. So they have to speak to the portfolio managers. They have to speak with the people making the buy and sell decisions. There is obviously a role for the ESG team to be part of that conversation, but I would say ultimately it always goes back to who's pulling the trigger on the buy and sell decisions. And one thing I would advise is doing exactly what I just did right now. An asset owner that comes across a study that makes sense in terms of the integration of sustainability data into the investment process, they should submit that study to the asset manager and ask for that manager to walk them through a step-by-step process of how they will use these empirical findings in the investment process. That will really demonstrate whether the asset manager understand how to leverage sustainability data for better financial returns and consequently as well, better sustainability outcomes. Well, as always, Noor, you've given us a lot of food for thought and thank you for getting technical. I think we need to do it sometimes and data is certainly the space. So thank you and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Monica. Pleasure to be here.